I'm Kelly Northcutt. Welcome to the Kids Learn Career Show. Each week I ask a different person about their job so you can know what your options are out in the world. My guest today is Craig Heacock, a psychiatrist. Craig, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. First off, can you tell me what a psychiatrist is and what it's like to be one? So I'm a psychiatrist, uh, not to be confused with a psychologist. Mm -hmm. A psychiatrist is a medical doctor. I went to medical school, got an MD, and then did four years of specialty training in psychiatry. And um, whereas a psychologist, which is often confused, is Mm -hmm. typically a PhD or doctor in psychology, and they don't have medical training. Mm -hmm. Cool. So what kinds of things do you actually do day to day at work? Mm-hmm. I specialize in uh, illnesses, diseases of the uh, mind, mm-hmm. uh, specifically uh, emotions, mm-hmm. cognition, perception, uh, disorders of the self. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting in medicine, there's two specialties that deal with the brain, neurology and psychiatry. And it's kind of a long, interesting story how they that came to pass and, and not necessarily relevant for this, but uh, Psychiatrists deal with uh, primarily disorders of thought, emotion, and self. Mm, That's cool. So when did you first know you wanted to do this kind of work? I was 28. I was in my second career, not happy, trying to figure out what to do with my life. And I read a book called Listening to Prozac, which Mm -hmm. was written by a psychiatrist. And I became fascinated with psychopharmacology and mental illness and psychiatric hospitals and I quit my job and started working at a psychiatric hospital as an overnight mental health tech. And then I realized that's what I needed to do is, is work with mental illness and go back to medical school. Cool. So did you consider other jobs or careers before this one? And can you tell us a bit about the path you took to get here? Yeah, I went to college thinking I would get a PhD and be a, a college professor, probably in biology. And then that seemed like such a long, difficult path and such a, it's very hard to get a tenure track track job as a PhD. And so I then diverted and um, I was a high school teacher for three years Mm -hmm. and that was great fun. And then I went back and got a master's and then thought I would do environmental work and then perhaps do a PhD later, but I did a few years of environmental work and that's when I diverted and, and decided I want to go back to medical school and become a psychiatrist. Cool. So what do you like most and least about your job? What I like most about my job is that I get to know uh, and work with people very deeply and intimately. Mm-hmm. You know, I see some of the people I've been seeing, I've been seeing for 15, 16 years. Uh, I have people that I met them in middle school and now they have their own families and I've seen them through really dark times and happy times and and I really love this sort of longitudinal, long-term perspective of, of helping people cope with mental illness through mm-hmm. the lifespan. Now, a word from our sponsor. What level of education do you have? Was that required for your job? Yeah, so you have to have a, a bachelor's degree, which is a four-year college degree. And then you do four years in medical school. Mm-hmm. And then after medical school, that's when you specialize. And a psychiatry uh, training is four extra years. So it's 12 years, including college. Wow, that's a lot. So how much money would someone starting out in your field expect to make? And what's long-term income potential? So when you are a psychiatric resident, 
which is the uh, four years after medical school, they typically make mm, forty to fifty thousand dollars working very, very, very long hours. <clears throat> Excuse me. In U.S., actually, I just saw this the other day. Last year, twenty twenty one, the average uh, income for a psychiatrist was two hundred and seventy thousand. Wow. Yeah, I guess that's a big increase because of COVID. Yeah, and it's also, um, you know, American healthcare is a complicated landscape. <laughs> Again, that's that's a whole other long discussion, but uh, there's a huge shortage of psychiatrists, and so I think one of the things that pushes up psychiatry salaries is there's so few of us and there's such an incredible demand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how much free time do you have? Like, do you work a traditional 40 hour work week more or less? Yeah. One of the things I really love about my work is I'm self-employed. I have my own office on Mountain Avenue and I'm my own boss. So I can work as much as I want. I could work zero hours a week. I could work 80 and it's just, I get to decide. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's tricky because there's such a huge demand for psychiatry that I've found it hard sometimes to keep my schedule within a sane limit. But, you know, as a self-employed person, I get to decide. So what I'm doing now is I see patients four days a week. And then on Fridays, I have a podcast. So I work on my podcast that's on cool. Fridays. So what advice do you have for young people considering what you do for their job? Well, if you're interested in doing anything in medicine, you got to study a lot of science. You got to be good at math. Not it's funny. Not that I use any math in my job, but for reasons that are opaque to me, most medical schools require that you at least get through calculus one, mm-hmm. and and so you need to have solid excuse me solid science background and you know at least be comfortable in higher level math. Mm-hmm. Cool. So this one is borrowed from Tim Ferriss, a best selling author and one of the top podcasters in the world. What is one of the best or most worthwhile investments you've ever made? I would say one of the best investments I ever made was actually going to medical school. I started medical school when I was 30. And I remember trying to decide whether to go because I thought it was too old. And I said to my mom, I said, mom, if if I do this thing, if I start back at this third career, I'm not going to be done until I'm 38. And I'll have spent all this money in med school. I'll be 38. My mom said, Craig, either you'll turn 38 and you'll be a psychiatrist or you'll turn 38 and you won't. Mm -hmm. So which would you rather do? I said, I'd rather be a psychiatrist. She said, then you should go. So it's never too late to follow your dreams, your passions. You know, I think that's one of the amazing things now about modern American you know, society is you don't have to have one career. I mean, a lot of people have multiple careers and they reinvent themselves every few years. And so I felt very fortunate I could do that. Mm-hmm. Cool. So was there a time in your life where you felt like you completely failed at something, but it ended up helping later on in life? Yeah. I guess the first thing pops into mind is it's not a career thing, but I've been a very serious runner most of my life. And uh, my senior year of college, we went to the national qualifying cross country meet and I forgot my spikes and it was sheer ice in, in the winter in Iowa. And I was one of the top runners on our team. And I was hoping to finish in the top 10 and go to nationals. And out of 200 people, I think only one person I beat, I think it was 199th out of 200 people. Mm-hmm because I fell the whole race and I finished with tears in my eyes and I'd let my team down because I forgot my shoes. And I think that I th- I, at the moment, I thought I should just give up on running. And then I thought, no, I have to double down on running because I love to run mm-hmm. 
And I'm going to use this as inspiration for all those times when I don't feel like I can't, you know, I want to run or go out in the cold or I'm going to give up. I thought, no, I'm going to remember how much this hurt and, and I'm going to use this as fire. And mm-hmm. so that powered me for decades, just that, that huge disappointment um, pushed me to do all sorts of amazing things in running. Wow. So was there a person in your life, like a parent, grandparent, teacher, coach, or mentor that made a huge impact on you? If so, in what way? And would you like to give that person a quick shout out? Oh, I had so many great mentors. Gosh, you know, I think, I don't even know where to start. I I grew up in Grand Junction, Colorado, and I went to Broadway Elementary and West Junior High and Grand Junction High School. I had so, I mean, it literally would take me 10 minutes to name all my teachers. I'll say a shout out to Mr. Diffendaffer, my chemistry teacher in high school. He was really a life-changing person. Um, my high school cross-country coach, Ned Pollard, he really changed my life. In my residency training at Brown for Psychiatry, I worked with some of the best psychiatrists in the country that I'm so deeply grateful for them. Kathy Phillips, Jane Eisen, Michael Fiore, you know, there's so many people. You know, we can't do this alone. We need people to guide and mentor us and teach us and you know, I literally could name people for 20 minutes. Wow. So knowing what you know now, would you have done anything differently growing up? I don't know that I would. You know, one of the things I work on with people in therapy is regret. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people can, a lot of people spend a lot of time mucking around in the past and saying, I wish things could have been different or I wish I'd done this differently. And I really am a firm believer that our lives unfold the way they're going to, meaning given our genetics and our personality uh, makeup and the family that we just happen to be born into, like it all just kind of unfolds the way it's going to. And I think if my life were replayed over again or yours, it would unfold the same way. I think we are, we are learning what we need to learn. Mm -hmm. So even though I've had some really painful things happen, no, I, I really, I don't look back with regret. I think I try to look back and Ask myself, what was the lesson? Mm-hmm. What did I need to take take from that? Yeah. So what's the best advice you have for young people who want to be successful in life and in their work? You know, I think, uh, there, I think there's this uh, about this phrase from Alcoholics Anonymous 12-step programs called One Day at a Time. And, and what I like about that is, you know, a, a great life, a meaningful life, a, a happy life. It, it happens one day at a time. And I think it comes from self-discipline. It comes from taking the now seriously. I think a lot of people spend so much time stressed out about the past or worrying about the future and they miss the present. But today, like this is all we got. And I think the more we can make win today, I think even Tim Ferriss talks about that. Or maybe that's, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's Peter Atia, this idea that, you know, um, Make good decisions today. Be kind today. Work hard today. Take care of yourself today. You know, love someone today. Mm-hmm. And then, a, you know, a good life is made up of a whole bunch of todays. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Craig. Now it's time for the joke of the day. Which side of a turkey has more feathers? Hmm. Not sure. The outside. <laughs> like it. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks again for joining us on the Kids Learn Career Show. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and tell your friends. See you next time.